Thank you, ladies. That's beautiful. Job well done. Thank you. Thanks to our praise team. Thanks to all of you for worshiping today. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I want to share a sermon entitled, The Significant Birth of Jesus. The Significant Birth of Jesus. Familiar passage, the Christmas story. Luke chapter 2. We want to look at verses 1 through 20, and then we'll turn to Isaiah chapter 9, and we'll pick up verse 6 and 7 there. But to begin with Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augusta that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor with Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they'd seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for these sweet words this morning. Thank you for the assurance that we have of a Savior found only in Jesus. Thank you for loving us, giving us the best gift that could be, ever be given to mankind, a Savior, someone that would forgive us of our sins, pay the atoning sacrifice for our sins, be willing to call us children, adopt us into his family, Birth us into his family through the Holy Spirit. Give us the peace of knowing when this life is over, 
we have a home with him in heaven. We thank you, Lord, for this day and for opportunity to be here. Help us to focus our thoughts and minds upon this significant birth that happened in Bethlehem a long, long time ago. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know how many times that I've read or I've quoted from Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20. I memorized that verse from the King James Version. The New King James says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Uh, the King James says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so it's a well-known verse that probably you've read many, many times. I've quoted many, many times. And I remember when we would go to the jail and share the gospel. We'd go to every cell block, and I would share the Christmas story. I'd read the Christmas passage, and I'd make sure that they were aware that a Savior had been born. A Savior lives today that can change their situation, their circumstance. And so this passage, regardless how many times you read it or how many times you quote it, it never gets old. And the reason for that, the message never gets old. The message is always new to someone. Now, it's been quoted a lot. I've quoted a lot. But even today, the message may be new to you in that perhaps you've heard it a lot. But all of a sudden, God took his Holy Spirit and drove this passage straight into your heart that for the first time you realize that you need a Savior and one has been given. His name is Jesus. So this morning I want us to go back to Bethlehem and I want us to take a close look at this baby in a manger. And it's amazing to consider the birth of Jesus. And so we want to go back and we want to look at, this, at the significant birth of Jesus. I looked up that word significant. I just wrote it down in the title, but when I looked it up, it says that definition of significant is simply this great or important to be worthy of our attention. Great and worthy and important to be worthy of our attention. And so when we talk about the birth of Jesus, that is significant. That means everything should shut down in your heart and mind and you think only toward the, significant of the significance of the birth of Jesus. It's that important. It's that important. So why was his birth significant? If you're taking notes, first of all, he was the firstborn son of Mary. The firstborn son. Notice the scripture says that she brought forth her firstborn son, there in verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son. She brought forth her firstborn son. Now, you need to listen real close. Because firstborn doesn't necessarily mean that no son had been born before. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. In Mary's case, we know no son had been born before. We know no child had been born before. In her case, we know that she was a virgin and Jesus was her firstborn son. 
but now listen to this. The phrase firstborn means foremost. It means foremost. And it's used in reference to a time. It means re- it's used reference to a place, an order, something that's very important. So here's the point. The son being born in Bethlehem was her foremost son. The son born to her in Bethlehem was her foremost son, one taking all precedence of any other child that would be born, any other son that would be born. It was her firstborn son. Jesus was her firstborn son, had precedence of any other children being born to her. Now, in Colossians chapter 15, why would he have precedence? Why would he have precedence? Well, in uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, says, notice the wording here. He, speaking of Jesus, is the invisible God. I'm reading from God's word. Jesus is the invisible God. The firstborn, there's the word again, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now listen, that doesn't mean Jesus was born. That just means that because we know he existed before anything else existed because he created the heavens and the earth. It means that, this is what it means, being the firstborn of creation. It means that he is the ultimate of creation. He is the, the, the preeminence of creation. In other words, no king and no ruler and no man and no woman will ever rise above the importance of Jesus. He is the firstborn of creation. He has preeminence over anything in this world. He's the firstborn. If you'll look back to Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 18. Notice what he says. And God's word says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. Notice this. The firstborn from the dead. The firstborn from the dead. That in all things he may have what? He may have preeminence. He is preeminent over all creation. Now he's firstborn of the dead. He has preeminence of those who have died. Colossians says he's the firstborn of the dead. That doesn't mean that he was first to be raised from the dead. When you say he's the firstborn of the dead, that don't mean he was, he was first to be raised from the dead because you remember Lazarus? Jesus Jesus went to his grave and raised him from the dead. But it means that his resurrection, Jesus' resurrection, is the foremost one that takes precedence over all others who rise from the dead. Firstborn. Firstborn over creation, preeminence over all anything created. Firstborn over the dead, his resurrection took preeminence of anything one had ever been raised again or will rise again. So this baby in the manger is significant because he is literally 
the first child of Mary, but he's the firstborn child. Jot this down. Why is this significant birth of Jesus important? Because through this child, God is revealed. Through this child, God is revealed. Now look at John chapter 1. Familiar passage. John chapter 1. And we'll look at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, capital W. And the Word was with God. So he had Jesus with God. And the Word, what? Was God. That's interesting. But look over in verse 14. And the Word, Jesus, who was God, <laughs> became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Turn, if you will, to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Verse 3 in chapter 1 says, Who being the brightness of his glory, and notice this, and the express image of his person, and uphold in all things by the word of his power. When he himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, he reflects the glory of God, and then he bears the image of God. He bears the, that word image means stamp. He receives the stamp, the image of God, of God's nature. So remember, you know, in times past, God uh, made himself known in different ways. He made himself known to Moses by what? A burning bush. He made himself known to Abraham. Abraham by an angel. He made himself known to Noah. Going back, going way back at the very beginning. Noah and then Abraham. And then Moses. But Noah, don't forget Noah. He made himself known to Noah by what? A flood. So he made himself known to Noah. He made himself known to Abraham. He made himself known to Moses. And so the point is this. That night in Bethlehem, God reveals himself. Not by a bush, not by a flood, and not by an angel, but by a baby. A baby, this child, born in a stable. He reveals himself to mankind through a little small baby. You know, there's a famous cathedral in Rome, and it has a beautiful painting. For centuries, very few people uh, who visited the cathedral really appreciated the artwork. Because the artwork was in the dome of the cathedral. And if you went in to see nothing else but the artwork, you'd walk around like this to look at that artwork. You'd have to watch where you were going, make sure you didn't bump into anybody. And all of a sudden, it was you, you could take no more than you'd rest while. And then you look up again at that beautiful artwork. <coughs> Very few people visited the cathedral, really appreciated the artwork. You know why? 
It was just located in the wrong place. So the painting was in the top of the dome of the cathedral. It was really a physical discomfort to go in and look at that painting, always looking up, preventing many people from enjoying that masterpiece of art. Then finally, someone placed a mirror right above the floor. And what was up that was difficult for people to relate to all of a sudden came down. Isn't that beautiful? And they could see what was up. Difficult to relate to. Painful to look up. Now all of a sudden they could walk around and they could see that piece of artwork. They brought it down, that artwork, to human level. Here's the point. God Almighty revealed himself through a baby in a, in a manger in Bethlehem. And that's the story of Bethlehem. My goodness. God who was once seen partially can now be seen clearly in a person by the name of Jesus. That's why Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So you have the birth of Jesus. Significant because he was the firstborn son of Mary. Significant that through this child, God is revealed. Then jot this down. Through this child, humanity is redeemed. Through this child. In Luke chapter 2, verse 11, you know the verse. For <clears throat> Luke chapter... Luke chapter 2, uh, look at verse 14. I'm sorry. Verse, uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 11. For both he, uh, let's see, I, I think I got the wrong scripture. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Matthew 1, verse 21. And she will bring forth a son... And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Through the child, God's revealed. Through this child, firstborn son of Mary. But through this child, humanity is redeemed. You know, we went Christmas shopping this weekend uh, to buy gifts. And uh, we had a list that we went by. You ever had a Christmas list? things that people would like to have, things that we find, think that we really need. Well, what do you need for Christmas? You need a 60-inch TV. I buy an Apple Watch. You need one of those. You need a new phone, you need a new car, you need a diamond ring. The list goes on and on. Here's the point. The only thing you really need and I really need is a Savior. That's what it all boils down to. The most important news of Christmas is this unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior now get this who is Christ the Lord didn't say the Savior was Mary he didn't say that the Savior was the church he didn't say the Savior was baptism he didn't say the Savior was the Lord's Supper he didn't say the Savior was morality and where you just try to do right all the time and never mess up, keep a list. 
But he said the Savior was who? Jesus. And so if you miss Jesus, you'll miss heaven. Christ came to forgive you. Christ came to save you. And because of him, you can be redeemed and you can be, uh, you can be saved. You can be forgiven. And you can have a home in heaven. So his birth is significant. He's the firstborn of Mary. Through this child in the manger, God is revealed. And through this child, humanity is redeemed. And I'll close with this. Through this child, miracles still happen. I don't know. Um, the tornado taught me a, a lot. I'm sure it did you. But what I remember most from the tornado is seeing all the miracles that God did during that time. And I can remember going down to the tent down here at the bottom of the hill where the volunteers met every day for, for lunch. And I'd go down there at noon, and I would share with them one thing that had recently took place that, that if that had not have happened, that we never would have been able to build this building. And I shared something different with them every day from April the 18th through August the 28th. Every day but Sunday, and they left that on Sunday. But something different that God did, that without his work, we could have never built this building. And I remember miracle after miracle after miracle. But you know when all, of that's, when all of that was over, and I look back at that, and I look back at other miracles that I've seen God do, and and you have to, perhaps. The greatest miracle is when God changes a person's heart and gives them hope and peace for living and gives them an assurance in dying. That is a miracle. And so let me ask you today. Do you have that assurance? Do you have that assurance? Have you experienced the miracle of salvation in your life? Have you? Unto you is born this day in the city of David. Now, who was born? Jesus. Unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's your Savior. Until you realize that, and come to God through Christ, regardless of all the other things you check off, you'll miss heaven altogether if you miss Jesus. That's the story of Bethlehem. The firstborn of Mary, the revealed everlasting Father and mighty God, the Savior of humanity, and this Savior wants to do a miracle in your life today. That's how we'll pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to open your word and just look at the significance of your birth. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts this morning. And I pray for each person here. If they miss you, they miss Christmas. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. A Savior born. If they miss you, 
the firstborn. No one has presence more than you. In this world that was created, no one has presence over you in the resurrection. No one, Father, has precedence over you. And through you, God the Father is revealed. Through you, you are everlasting God and almighty God. Prophesied years and years ago. Help us to accept that fact today. For those who are trusting in something else, I pray today they'll let that drop off as a dirty garment, be clothed in your righteousness as they trust you and only you as their Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I'm going to share one more.